You are listening to a Victory Alabang podcast. We are called to train leaders to disciple the nations. Know more about our call to leadership in our mission series, Uncharted. Listen to this message by Pastor Jojo Henson. Missions is actually dear to my heart. I, I really, I was one of those crazy guys when I was in college that actually believed in the mandate of the Bible, that actually believed the preaching that I heard. You know, when I was a young uh, Christian, about 19, Ardi, you know, Ardi and myself, we were young and we were skinnier. I had still had black hair. Well, Ardi is skinny again, but uh, I don't know how he did that, but I'm trying my best to get skinny again. But when we were, when we were uh, younger, we would hear preaching about, you'll go to the nations, you'll go here, you'll go there. Kami naman, parang, amen. You know, ganun. Parang, parang, yeah, you know, kay Pastor Jun lang yan. Yeah, parang we, we, we never really uh, realized that that message was for us. But later on over the years, I realized that that message of going into the nations of the world is for everybody, including me. And sometimes we think that missions is only for a special few. It's only for those people that have the money, those people that, that can speak English, uh, you know, people only that went to a certain school. But actually, missions actually for everybody. This is God's heart for all of us. God did not call us as a church to just be comfortable where we are. I'm glad that we have a beautiful building here. You know, there's going to be more services. There's going to be another, you know, another venue for another service. But the whole point of Christianity is not for us to be sitting down here and be comfortable. God wants us to touch the nations of the world. He wants us to touch our communities. He wants us to touch people outside that do not know God. I mean, it's, it's sometimes selfish for us to just feel good here when people outside are hungry for the Word of God. And so missions has been uh, a passion in my heart. So at a young age, you know, I, I, I just basically said, Okay, Lord, if you're really going to use me, I lift up my hands. And today I've been serving God for almost 30 years. I've been to 18 countries and I'm, I'm still counting because my heart is that I want to go to as many countries as I, I can go to because, you know, I love my job because, you know, I travel a lot and I love to eat. I mean, for those of you that love to eat, I, I mean, people ask me, what's your favorite food? My favorite food is everything. I mean, I go to China, man, China is the best food. But Malaysia, I've been to Penang. I stayed there in Penang, Malaysia. Sarap ng pagkain talaga. I mean, for those of you, if that, for that purpose alone, just go for food and then let God, you know, change you when you're there. <laughs> But, but let, let the food be the, be the magnet for you to go out. You, you know, sometimes, you know, when Pastor Eli was saying, for those of you going to missions, you know, n- none of you are lifting up your hands. I don't know why. But you see, missions will actually change you. You know, if you're here struggling, you know, you're thinking, you know, why do I feel this way? Maybe the answer for, for us is for us to, to go out and go to missions. I've heard of people... Uh, of, uh, I heard of people's testimonies when their, their lives changed when they actually went. They came back, they were more on fire. They were more uh, passionate for, for the things of God when they actually went. Because sometimes we're so caught up with everything that problems, issues, we're, we're staying here, and later we forget there's a world out there. That's why, guys, go out. Yeah. Go out, guys. I, I'm, I'm telling you from the bottom of my heart, I really believe that this is God's heart. Just go out. Just volunteer. Just go on a, on a 10-day mission trip, and it will literally change your life. And I'm also, I also believe that some of you will be permanent missionaries. So for those of you that are here today, just, just ask God, you know, if God's going to call you into places and, and territories for Him. Amen? Sorry, I didn't mean to preach already, but I was already preaching, so sorry. 
But you know, you know, I was just looking. I was just, Kanina, we, we were just worshiping. Sarap to worship here. But you know what? The end goal really of worship is for us to be changed into the image of God. But when we worship, we can't help but have an encounter with God. Just like I say in Isaiah 6, he had this encounter with God. He was worshiping. He saw, he saw God holy and mighty. And he saw the majesty of God. He saw the holiness of God. But what happened after with Isaiah was that he started to, to, to hear the conversation of God, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. They were having this conversation. They were saying, whom shall we send? It's almost like, you know, the Father is so funny. Because the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, Isaiah was having an encounter with God. Oh, God, you know, anybody have that encounter? You're crying out and you're lifting up your hands. And, and then you're really having this moment with God. And then the Father was just having a conversation with the, with the Holy Spirit. And, and, and Jesus, they were saying, whom shall we send? Whom shall we send? And then Isaiah over, overhears it and he goes, send me, send me. All of a sudden, he volunteered and lifted up his hand and said, God, send me. You see, that is what happens when we truly worship God. Because worship at some point, it's not just for us, it's for Him. Because God imparts His heart to us to touch people outside of, of our community, outside of our nation, outside of our church. And so today we are really concluding our series called Uncharted, which basically we believe that every city or nation without crisis uncharted. We consider that nation unreached. And so, um, can we pray for, for, for just a few minutes, uh, actually a few seconds? Uh, I'm going to ask God for, for His power and His presence to be upon us today. Lord, I thank You that You are here this morning. I just ask You today, Lord God, that You would just, Lord, do a work in, in our hearts, O oh God. I pray that we would not just hear a message, but we would have Your heart, O oh God. That we would leave here, Father God, having a heart for lost people having a heart for the nations of the world, because this is you, this is your will, and this is your heart. And we give you glory and honor and praise in the name of Jesus. And everybody say amen. amen. I, I'd like to, anybody here um, had breakfast? Lahat ng ba kayo nag-breakfast na? O yung iba, sorry na lang kayo. I can't do anything about that. But anybody here, anybody here, you're McDonald's fan? McDonald's. Uh, hello, are you guys here? Sino dito? Jollibee. Jollibee fans. Okay. Ako, I personally like I personally like McDonald's. Some some people like Jollibee. If surprisingly, some people in uh, foreigners that I know they actually like Jollibee. But you know when, when when McDonald's came here when I was a kid, younger actually not a kid when I was younger, when McDonald's came here they uh, they sarap. I was I was so I was so happy with McDonald's. Feeling so imported because I would go into in, in McDonald's. I love you know I, I'm, I'm I don't know why they removed the shake. I love the shake because the shake it's so thick that when you actually sip the shake, yung ugat mo lumalabas dito sa kapal. I, I don't know if you, I don't know if you guys know. I actually get a spoon because parang ice cream yung shake nila, but it's it, it's so good. And then what happened is that Jollibee came in. So Jollibee, which is a local franchise here, actually wanted to fight this McDonald's. I mean, if there was a real fight, McDonald's would probably get his shoes because it's so big. You probably use that against. Uh, the bee, uh, Jollibee. But what, what Jollibee did was, was amazing because it, they could not fight McDonald's head on. So what they did, they started to contextualize. They started to change the strategy that would cater to our people. That's why, that's why, that's why what he did, what, what Jollibee did 
was that because they realized, they made a study that Pinoy's, before they eat, they smell the food first. That's why may, 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 may ano sila, di ba? But, lang hap sarap. They smell it first and then they, they eat it. Now, that is a, 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 the reason why I'm saying all this is because it's a strategy that we're, we're embracing, which actually is a biblical strategy, where in order for us to be effective in every, every, every place that we go to, we have to learn to, context, to contextualize the gospel. Now, McDonald's learned its lesson because in different nations, uh, if you, the next slide, please. The next, the next, uh, uh, the nations, right now, Indonesia has this, uh, what do you call it? Mak, uh, makturko. Anybody here tried that? Did you ever try that? Makturko? And then you have a different place also in India, Makalutiki, and then Dubai, Mak Arabia. I went to Spain, and you actually go in there, they have this uh, soup, this special soup called gazpacho. And you order it in uh, cold, it's cold soup na manghang. And it's in McDonald's. And uh, they're learning their lesson. Now, I'm, I'm saying all that to, to, to tell you a point, which is we have to learn as a Filipino church to when we go into the nations of the world, we have to learn the culture, we have to understand, and we have to exegete, in other words, to study not just the Bible, but to study culture. And so these are some of the things that we, we need to learn. Last week, we talked about the power of the Holy Spirit. How many here believe that the Holy Spirit is powerful? Yeah. In Acts 1.8, Many commentators and historians say that Acts 1.8 is the theme of the whole book of Acts. It, it, basically, they believe that the Holy Spirit was the director in the book of Acts because everywhere the disciples went, it was orchestrated by the Holy Spirit. Miracles, signs, and wonders, it was all done by the power of the Holy Spirit. And so we realized or we learned last week that it was the Holy Spirit that led Paul and his team to go into cities that are uncharted to preach the gospel to them. You know, um, years ago, uh, about 30 years ago, we're celebrating our 30 years in ministry here. Pastor Steve and Deborah Merle, when they came here, I always hear this testimony. Maybe you probably heard this before. When they came here, their plan was to be in the Philippines for only three months. So the three months actually became six months, the six months became a year, and then a year became two years, three years. To make the long story short, instead of three months, they actually stayed here for 30 years. How many know that is our God? Our God is able to interrupt our plans. So if you're here today, you have plans, let me tell you, let me warn you, the Holy Spirit is able to come into your life and interrupt and mess up your plans for Him. Sometimes, Holy Spirit, but the Holy Spirit actually does that all the time. But when, when Pastor Steve was here, he, ne- he did not know when he was leaving. So every time he would meet people like Ferdy, like June, even with me, his mentality was, I don't know when I'm leaving, so I have to start discipling you quick because anytime I could just leave. So that type of mentality actually was instilled in victory. So we actually believe this mentality that I'm leading to leave. I'm, 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 I'm starting to do all of this because at some point, I'm leaving. And so every missionary right now that we raise up here in Victory, we train them that as they go into the mission field, your job is to train the locals because one day you're going to leave that place. They're not there to stay there forever. Although, of course, there are people, they embrace the culture. A lot of people, they become, I don't know, for those of you that are here, if you go to China and then later on, you actually become Chinese. I know people like that. You know, they, 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 they change the way they look. They change. Like our missionary in, uh, in Makati, what's it, what's it, um, that went to Pakistan, uh, Kathy, Kathy Eusebio. 
I mean, she went, she was the secretary in Makati, but when she got to Pakistan, I looked at her pictures on Facebook. Also, she looked local. She, she was wearing whatever you call that, she looked local. And some people embrace the language, and some people actually uh, become like one of them. I mean, that can happen as well. But it was always the, uh, the, the strategy that we've embraced as a ministry was that we were going to instill in them that, 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 that we are, you are there to raise up local leaders. So we believe in leadership development. We believe in, in, in raising up the local. We believe in pushing people to greatness. That's why one of, the, one of the things that you'll notice here in ministry is that we always push you to do great things for God. We don't, we don't try to embrace everything for us. We try to le- let you do it and see you flourish in God. One of, the, uh, one of the phrases that we always hear in the early days was this phrase called uh, one chapter ahead. You guys heard that? Yes. The one chapter ahead basically means if you read your Bible one chapter more than the person right next to you, you are, you are actually qualified to lead already. So, ganun na yun. Ano ka na? Anointed ka na. I remember our one-to-one, it was a smaller version called the uh, two-question test, but it was basically our one-to-one. If one chapter ahead lang, okay ka na. When I was one month old in the Lord, I was in the U-Belt, and uh, Pastor Ferdi Kabiling would meet me. When I look at Pastor Ferdi, I go, wow, spiritual giant. Ko, wow, this guy is good. Pastor Ferdi brought me to uh, Adamson University because he said he was going to do a Bible study. I just followed him. I got into Adamson University. He started preaching. Pastor Ferdi, you know, you know he, was, he, was, he was really, you know, Pastor Ferdi, di ba? Parang, parang every time, parang gigil, di ba? He was, like, wow, amazing. He's so good. And then later on, he would open up the Bible, turn your Bibles to Acts 1, 8, and then boom, wow, galing, ang bilis, ah. Tapos biglang, next verse, and then he would open to the next verse. But he was so good. So I'm like, wow, this guy memorized the Bible so well. And then after that, I went to him. I just basically told him, Ferdy, galing-galing mo mag, ano, paano ba yan? And then sabi niya, may secret raw siya. Tinuruan raw siya. Yung secret niya was that you put a marker already in the Bible. So that the next verse, meron ka ng marker, pag ganun mo, nandun na siya sa verse. So sabi ko, galing mo naman. And then I asked him, Ferdy, ilan, ilan years ka na dito sa, sa ministry? Anong years? Six months pa lang ako dito. And then I realized that was the, the vision of the church. I was one month old in the Lord. And then, Pastor Ferdy, now, which is not Pastor Ferdy, he would always tell me to go and start preach the gospel. The guy that discipled me, I was, uh, was kind of wishy-washy. I mean, he, uh, he went to my house one Sunday morning because I did not want to go to church. So he went to my house, Alan. Uh, I don't know if you know Alan Santiago. He went to my house. He, sa- he goes, uh, he goes, uh, John, Let's go to church. Come, come. I want you to do something. He was like, what? What will I do? He pulled me out of bed. You know, told me to dress up. So I dressed up. And then he goes to my kitchen. He goes to our kitchen. And then he announces to all our katulong there. Sabi niya, um, excuse me. See, see, Jojo will tell you something. And then he, and then he, 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 he looks at me. He looks at me and tells me, Jojo? Tell them your testimony, what happened to you. Uh, so I was there, uh, Jesus is my Lord. You know? And it's almost like... So... Grabe. Kaya, if you're here in this church, let me tell you, that's who we are. And that's what we're going to do to you. So, so, so uh, anyway, uh, 
I said so much already, grabe. But, but that, that is really our heart. Now, our text today is in Acts 14, 23 to 28. Let me just read this. Acts 14. Are you still here? Good, good. Acts 14, 23 to 28. And when they had appointed elders for them in every church with prayer and fasting, they committed them to the Lord in whom they had believed. Paul and Barnabas returned to Antioch in Syria, and they passed through Pisidia and came to Pamphylia. And when they had spoken the word in Perga, they went down to Atalia. And from there they sailed to Antioch, where they had been commended to the grace of God for the work that they had fulfilled. And when they arrived and gathered the church together, they declared all that God had done with them and how he had opened a door of faith to the Gentiles and there remained no little time with the disciples. Now, this was already the conclusion of Paul's first missionary journey. So the scriptures we just read, it was like the, the, the end part of his first missionary journey. Now, Paul's missionary journey actually consisted, he visited actually seven cities that I'd like to show you here in the, in the map. Now, you, you, can you guys, can, am I okay standing here? Okay, the first church at the, uh, the church in Antioch in Syria was planted out of, uh, because of a persecution that happened in Jerusalem. So what happened in Jerusalem, there was persecution. Let me tell you, and by the way, persecution is healthy, by the way. So if you're being persecuted, that's good. Because out of that persecution, the disciples started to run away and they started the church in Antioch. That church in Antioch was so powerful because there was evidence of the grace of God in that church. And there were teachers and prophets in that church. And so one time when they were worshiping, uh, Barnabas was there. And by the way, Barnabas was, was the first one that, that came there to Antioch. He calls Paul uh, to join him in Antioch. So he calls Paul and tells Paul, Paul, can you join, join me in Antioch? So Paul, Paul actually went to Antioch and he, they started teaching the Bible there. During one worship night, they were worshiping God. And then the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Paul and Barnabas for the work of the ministry. The elders recognized the call of God on Paul and Barnabas, and they send them out from Antioch. So that's why Antioch became a sending church, and that is the model that we're basically doing here in our, in our, in our ministry. So Antioch started to send out Paul and Barnabas, and they went to Seleucia. Seleucia was just a stopover. They take a boat, and they actually, let me look at my notes. They went to Seleucia, and they went to Salamis, right there, down here. And Paul and Barnabas, what they did, they went into the synagogues and preached the gospel. After that, they went to Paphos in, uh, in Cyprus, and then they had an encounter with an evil magician by the name of Elimas. This magician actually opposed Paul and Barnabas. There was a proconsul or a, a, a government official wanted to receive God, but this magician actually came against Paul. Paul rebukes him. This magician gets blind, and the proconsul actually gives his life to, to Jesus Christ. That is the first mention of spiritual warfare right there. And then after, right after that, they went to Perga up there. And in Perga, John Mark, one of their team members, actually left Paul and Barnabas and leaves, leaves them there. And then they go to Antioch. From there, they went up to Antioch. That's a different Antioch uh, from this Antioch here. This is Antioch, Syria, and that is a different Antioch. And that Antioch is actually the modern-day Turkey. Revival actually hits in Antioch, the Bible says that almost the whole city wanted to hear the word of God, and people begged 
for Paul and Barnabas to go into their synagogue to preach the gospel. All the Gentiles in that city, they were so happy because the first time they heard that the gospel is actually for them as well. But the Jews, they were so jealous, the Jews got so angry. So what happened was that Paul and Barnabas went to Iconium. Right there. Uh, where's Iconium? Iconium, just right down there. Uh, great number of Jews and Greeks believe. Uh, a lot of unbelieving Jews steered the Gentiles. And there were plans that they wanted to kill Paul and Barnabas. So Paul and Barnabas found out and left and went to Lystra. Ever say Lystra? They go into Lystra. And it's so funny, when Paul and Barnabas was preaching, it was so powerful that the people thought they were gods. They called Paul Hermes and Barnabas called Zeus. So all of them, they wanted to, when, they, when Paul and Barnabas were there, they were offering, you know, flowers. They were offering everything. So Paul and Barnabas basically, you know, basically said, no, 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 we're just, we're just humans. You don't, you don't worship us. So the crowds, they were so worshiping them. And Paul had to tell them, I'm not God. I'm just a human being. But some Jews from the neighboring towns and cities actually convinced the crowd to kill Paul and Barnabas. Can you imagine? Crowds are very fickle. The crowd that was worshiping them because they thought they were gods, and all of a sudden the crowds started to think that this God, if, you're not, if you think you're not God, then we'll just kill you. In fact, they stoned Paul so bad that they left him because they thought they were successful in killing Paul. They, he, was, he was so wounded, they left him on the ground. The Bible says, this is all in Acts 13 and 14. So the disciples went to Paul, and basically they were probably going to mourn for his death. But by a miracle, Paul gets up, and he was okay. And you know what Paul does? After getting restored and getting healed physically, he went back into the city. Now, who crazy person would do that? He was, a, he was crazy for, for the gospel. And so he gets up. And then after that, he goes into Derby. Ever say Derby? Derby right there. Preaches the gospel there, made many disciples. Now, take note of this. We can learn something from him. Now, from Derby to back to his original uh, sending church, he could have actually walked from Derby back to Antioch, Syria. But Paul said, I am not going to do that. I am not going to walk. It's shorter, it's easier. He could have, after all the beatings, after all the persecution, I mean, how many here would go back, would go home? I mean, I would go home. I want to stay in my own bed. I want to eat my own food. I want to play with my dogs. I mean, I don't want to have any more suffering. But Paul, iba. Sabi ni Paul, nope, I'm going back. I'm going back into Iconium. I'm going back into Lystra. I'm going back into Perga. I'm going back into Antioch. Why? Paul went back into all these cities because he wanted to establish local, local leaders in every church. He was responsible. He did not want just a crowd. He wanted the church to have leaders. And so he emphasized strong leadership development in these local churches. So that is our heart as well. We want to establish strong local development system and program in our church. That's why Paul emphasized on local leadership. In fact, in Titus, the Bible says there to Titus, appoint elders and leaders in every church because that is our heart. Our heart, really the background here, so he went back to the city to plant churches to encourage the disciples to appoint, lead, appoint leaders. The result, of course, is strong, local-led, self-sufficient local churches. You see, um, 
our heart really is to go out, but when we go out, we don't plan Filipino churches. Okay? Eh, kung Filipino church lang, dito na lang tayo, di ba? But when we go out into places, we go out there to reach the locals in that church. When, we, when I went to Penang, Malaysia, that, that was, that's a whole new crazy story as well. When I went to Penang, uh, I did not know anybody there. Zero. So when I got there, landed there, I just knew Timothy from KL. But I got there, and uh, my kids, lahat kami, seven of us, we were the first, my children was the first worship team. Uh, I would preach, my son would lead worship, my other son would do the offering, and my wife would, uh, would close in prayer. So we were the church. <laughs> and, so, and, so, and so, a lot of Filipinos actually came to me from another church. They go, Pastor, pwede ba kami dyan? But, but you know, it wasn't, I, I wasn't being yabang, but sometimes, yabang nyo naman. No, because, I, because there's a strategy that I wanted to employ, and that is to reach the locals. And so when we started that church, Chinese people came, the Indians came, and, and uh, we started, uh, the Americans come, and we had a congregation of multi-ethnicity. There were different races that's, that was in that church because it was intentional. We go to a church to basically reach the locals there. Why locals? Let me tell you some of the advantages of, of a local leader. You know, the advantages is that this this local leaders, the locals actually understand their culture better than us. It's here dito mahilig sa shomai. Anybody here like shomai, dim sum? Di ba dito yung shomai natin, toyo yung sausawan? Di ba toyo, pati, uh, toyo, uh, kalamansi, tapos may si, naku, sarap noon, grabe. But when you go to Malaysia, yung shomai doon, yung sauce nila, chili sauce. Parang ketchup. So every time I go there, and I ask the, when I ask the waiter, uh, can you please give me soy sauce? Uh, and then they, he looks at me, soy sauce, ah? soy sauce I mean, it's it just, it just so different. And sometimes the things that I ask when I ask for soy sauce, I don't know that some of them are actually offended by me asking. And, and it's, just a, it's just a funny thing. There was one time I also went to Uganda. I went to Africa. And when I got to Africa, this couple, this family said, Pastor, we cooked the, this, our, our, our special Ugandan food for you. So, ako naman, punta naman ako doon. Upo ako doon. They were all there, nakasuit and all that. I was sitting there. And I, oh, try this. It's a white bread. Ang init, sarap, white bread. Meron silang dip. So, tinanong ko, ano yung dip yon? Sabi ko, what's this dip? Oh, it's, uh, it's uh, they, they have a certain name. And they said, what is it? And they said, it's ant paste. Langgam daw. Na pinisapisa nilang ganyan. Hinalo-halo nilang ganyan. So they were all smiling. They were all looking at me. Sabi nila, try it, try it, try it. Tapos sa loob-loob ko, patay. So I, so I, I sinauso ko, and then I put it in my mouth. They were all looking at me. So, so, so. Alam mo sabihin ko, ang samahan nito, di ba? So I lied right there. I said, it's so good, you know. That is, that is one key for church growth. Lie for, about their food. No, no, no. Yeah, guys, guys, that's not true. Don't do that. So, so but I had, to, I had to try it. That is part of why it's important to raise up a local leader. Another thing about advantage of, of raising the local and raising up locals there 
is uh, communication. When I, when I went to Malaysia, I was picked up by this amazing guy. Loves God. But he kept talking. He kept talking. I wasn't answering. He kept talking and talking and talking. And then uh, he looked at me and said, You okay? I said, uh, Yeah. And, because, and, then, and then he kept he asked me, I finally, under, I, I finally got it. He was actually talking to me in English, but it did not sound English. <laughs> I said, no, 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 no. You know, it's like when you go to Thailand. When you go to Thailand, they Lily. Yung really nila, Lily pala. So, so, so there were some things that they, they said. There was one time in, in Malaysia, because there's this word called awas. Ever say awas. Awas means caution. Okay? So, kala ko, awas meant take care. So, every time I'd, I'm in a party, I would leave, I would say, awas, awas, I would go, awas, awas. And all of them, awas. So, I would, I would say awas all the time. And then finally, this local guy comes up to me, pastor, awas means uh, um, caution. Oh, it's not take care. So, gulo, gulo talaga. One of the advantages, too, of raising local leaders is, is that there's a, uh, there's a vision ownership. Now, this takes a lot of discipleship. Just like us, how many of you know sometimes when we got into church, we don't embrace the vision first? Even when I started reaching them, I, I, I did not get their, uh, you know, just the way they think. It was so different. But I had, through discipleship, I was able to impart the love for their country. So it, it's important. Discipleship is key. And of course, lastly, is the church stability. There's going to be church stability as we raise up local leaders. Um, some of our leaders, like, just give you some stories. Uh, you guys know uh, our, our missionary, or not actually our missionary, our local leader in China by the name of Jackie. Jackie actually preached here about a year ago. His name is not re- really Jackie. The reason why we call him Jackie is because none of us can pronounce his name. And, and, since, he liked, and he, since he actually liked Jackie Chan, so we actually called him Jackie. Um, when he got born again, one of our 10 days uh, team missionary member was actually crying out for him because Jackie was, you know, was unsaved. But Jackie would actually go with this missionary because he wanted to eat free food. So he actually uh, met, met with him, and to make the long story short, he actually got saved, and he's right now the national leader of our church in China. And so that's, that's how amazing it is. Uh, we all know also, Mang, we call him Mang, Mang Guapo, we call him Mang Guapo every time I see him. Diba si Mang nakakatawa? You know why he's funny? Because before he got saved, he was a uh, stand-up comedian. He was hired, his job was to be hired to go into funerals and make the people in the funeral happy. <laughs> because culturally, to, to recover from the grief and loss, they would get a comedian to make the people laugh. So can you imagine, if you're a comedian there, you're probably good. So Mang, Mang Tomas or Mang Guapo, that was his, uh, his, uh, his, his, his job. One also, one of our local leaders right now in one of our communist countries, I, I can't say the, the, the country, but, but he, he heard the gospel from one of our 10 days missionary member. After hearing the gospel, he actually went to the authorities and told the authorities that there was a church there. And so the police and authorities, they actually went to church 
and they and, and buti na lang wala nang tao doon so so uh, so yun ang nangyari so the people left and God by his grace i mean spared our people but this certain individual his parents got sick it it was it was so bad that he was so desperate that he actually went to our missionaries and asked for prayer and the missionaries went and prayed for his parents and they got healed miraculously because of that healing he gave his life to Jesus and right now he's our senior leader in that in that church right now that's how powerful it is now i just have a few more minutes i'm being are you guys okay good now in paul's this is a, really an example of paul's life because paul in acts 9 when he got saved when he, when he had an encounter with god i mean there was a certain man who discipled him and believed him by the name of barnabas paul was a killer of christians so when he got born again, none of them, none of the disciples or apostles believed in him. It was only Barnabas that actually believed in him and actually introduced him to some of the apostles. And, and, and so because of that, he was accepted. He was taken in as part of the family. Paul, did you know what? Paul actually preached the gospel. I mean, there was no training. Right after he got saved, after a week, he started preaching the gospel. And so... That is the model that he started to take, take hold. And that is the very thing that he did in the local church. He started to appoint them in a short period of time. When he appointed leaders, he did not require a diploma or a seminary degree. Uh, that's why I love this ministry. Because you know what? You know, all of us, when we started, there was no training whatsoever. I mean, we just, we just loved God. Read the Bible one chapter ahead. Go and preach. That was, that was our very thing here in the church. So Paul had to take some risk. Did you know that when you raise up young leaders, when you raise up locally, there's a lot of risk. A lot of people tell us, don't raise up these people. That's why you notice we actually take some risk by allowing young people to minister in our church. And some, some people say, you know, I hear a lot of complaints. Bakit yan ang bata, bata? Bakit yan ang pinapapreach? Because that's, our, that's what we believe. We're willing to release people and, and let them preach, let them make mistakes. I'm glad that Pastor Steve actually pushed us. God, let me tell you, we made so much mistakes. If you heard all of us, Pastor Ariel, myself, I mean, if you heard us, RD probably was probably, oh no, he stopped. You know, the early days, our preachings were really terrible. And, uh, and so, but there were, Pastor Steve actually believed and it, and it took some risk for us. But you know what? The bigger mistake today is waiting too long to develop local leaders. That is the bigger mistake. A lot of people, they, they say, you know, well, ka pa, 10 years, 15 years, and a lot of them don't, they're not raised up because a lot of, of leaders are afraid to raise up local leaders. Now, as I end, there's so many more stories to, to, to share. Let me end with this verse in Acts 1.8. Bible says there, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. The Holy Spirit empowers the church to raise up new heroes to reach the nations of the world. Amen. How many here believe that the Holy Spirit is powerful? The Holy Spirit is powerful. We hope you were inspired by that message. Don't forget to get your copy of Victory Worship's first live album entitled Radical Love on iTunes and CD format. 
For more updates, join us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And download the Victory Alabang app. Thank you and stay connected.